Hello, welcome back to Conversations on Calvinism. Um, Dan Chapa, joined again by Turn Fan, and this is a follow-up episode. Um, we came across uh, some interesting usage in Ephesians 1.11, where the, having obtained an, an inheritance, the underlying Greek, essentially is um, to cast lots or to decide by lots. We also looked at similar usage in the Hebrew um, in Ezekiel 24.6, and so um, Turton Fan has done some, some research, and uh, we figured we'd just come back and jump on here and discuss it quickly. Uh, this uh, probably be a shorter episode. In order to try to motivate myself to keep it short, because I have a tendency to ramble on, here's a little, whoop, not that big. Let's put it in the corner. Here we are. A little timer to count, count me down. All right, so let me put into the stream this quick blog post I typed up. I, it's not perfect, but you know it, it should cover the main topics. So as Dan already introduced, we were talking about Ephesians 1.11. In Ephesians 1.11, it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being in predestined, uh, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. And that word for we have obtained an inheritance is a conjugation of the verb that uh, the verb is clarou. It has this double as the Omicron and then the Omega in the lexical uh, form. And I'm not great at pronouncing Koine Greek to begin with. And those double letters sometimes throw me. It's a double sound. It's not a double letter. Anyway, uh, and it's thought to come from Kleros, which in its literal sense, refers to a lot, uh, meaning like a die or something like that that you that you can cast. Uh, maybe from the, I think I remember reading it that it said something like maybe it comes from bits of wood, or something like that, originally. So, the the interesting thing was I, when I originally was looking through this. If you were listening last time, you probably re, uh, remember that I had come across a translation that was called the Orthodox Jewish Bible or something like that. And that Bible had a cross-reference to the Psalms, to Psalm 16. And Psalm 16 had some discuss, discussion of inheritance and lots. And I didn't think too much about it at the time, but afterwards I was I checked out the Psalm and I thought it was interesting. And, I, and it at first was kind of hopeful, hopeful that maybe this, that maybe Paul was using the word to obtain an inheritance based on some uniquely Jewish use of Greek. Uh, there are cases in the New Testament where that's the case. Uh, you and I, Dan, I think we talked about this in the case of she knew no man is a Hebrew idiom, and that Hebrew idiom isn't used, wasn't used by Greeks before the Septuagint. So it kind of entered into Greek language that way. And then uh, there, but there are other uses as well. Paul uses a phrase, arsenikoite, which is based on the Septuagint, which is based on a translation of Hebrew. And it's new, new apparently newly introduced into the Greek vocabulary by Paul in that way. So I was hoping this might be another example, but I'm afraid it might not be uh, another example. So what I what I did is well first of all this verb the, the klarau verb it, it is only found in this one 
inflection, which is this eclarathamen, uh, which is a uh, that one conjugation of the verb is just used that one time in the New Testament in Ephesians, and in you know it's translated by the authorized version as obtained an inheritance. I'm going to pause here since I've been talking for a few minutes uninterrupted. Uh, any thoughts so far or any comments so far, Dan? No, um, I appreciate this. Uh, it's a good good way to dig straight into the text, but I'm, um, in, in, in some sense, I, th I think it's going to be, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think the usage of um, lots basically being used to determine you get this land versus I get this land, maybe that's where it came from, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard to trace it back to its like original usage for source, like was it, originally Hebrew Greek, but we'll see. Um, so in interested in um, how this turns out. So when I when I dug to this kleros, the noun form, that the verb is thought to be based on, or, or perhaps vice versa, but the noun for lot is translated as lot in various places in the New Testament. But interestingly enough, just as it happens in canonical order, the last few uses, the last, I guess, the last three uses of the word are some form of inheritance or heritage. So in Acts 26, 18, it, there's this use, which is inheritance. It says to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And then again, Colossians 1, 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And then 1 Peter 5, 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensembles to the flock. In each case, these, this is that same word for lot that's being translated as inheritance or heritage. And by itself, I think, I mean, I could imagine someone saying that this is just a mistranslation and, and it really should be a uh, lot in each place. And I don't even know, I didn't check to see if other translations do interpret this as in inheritance, but I do, I think it's probably right. The, there's Septuagint usage apparently. And I, again, I, I base this on a quick, uh, quick review, but there were listed places where it was used in the Septuagint included places like Genesis 48, six, where it says, this will be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And then I will give it to you for inheritance. I am the Lord in Exodus 6, 8. And here the uses are pretty contextually, pretty clearly about inheritance and heritage. And I think as well, that's supported by the underlying Hebrew word. I didn't get into what that was, but the, uh, the place that, that was listed as a cross-reference in that well, Orthodox Jewish Bible was Psalm 16, I believe. And this one says, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. And I thought this was interesting because it, it creates this mental linkage between the concept of lots and the concept of inheritance. And that I think that it's in reference to things like Numbers 2655, which says that the land will be divided by lot according to the names of the tribes of their 
others shall they inherit. The idea was that the, the promised land, when the people entered in, was assigned by, uh, by a lottery. There was, a, there was an assignment of, the, of which land went to which tribe according to that, uh, that lot. And, the, uh, and that technique was used to assign the heritage. And I thought, perhaps, that's how the words became associated together. And perhaps that is, in maybe a similar approach in some other scenario, is how it got assigned. But it turns out that in Greek, interestingly enough, like in English, the word lot can also refer to a plot of land. So not just to, a, a, you know, we even today, when we talk about an empty lot, we're talking about, a you know, an air, a, a parcel of land that's unoccupied, that's an empty lot. That, but when we talk about casting lots, we understand that's talking about something like, like throwing dice. So uh, I did double check. I went to the LSJ lexicon, which is available at Perseus, and the that lexicon indicated usage from Herodotus and Aristotle, and usage in the context of land, that made me think that this usage may have been already present in Greek before there was any influence by the Septuagint. I doubt that a Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures is the basis for those ancient Greek writers using the word in that way. So and maybe it's just an interesting kind of parallel convergence or something like that. But that was my overall thought. But I guess the what it comes back to in terms of the meaning of this particular text that we had been talking about the Ephesians 1.11 text, in whom we haven't obtained an inheritance, if that's, if this research, which as I said, is a bit tentative and based on a kind of a hurried uh, review of the materials, if that's correct, then unfortunately for me, then this cross-reference isn't quite as significant. So the cross-reference being the one to Psalm 15, 16, uh, which I think, yeah, it's on the bottom of the screen. So it just doesn't become quite as strong as that translation seems to hint. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, in terms of tracing it back, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. I'm just looking it up in, in English. I mean, that's exactly right. Like lots of land, like a parking lot or a, a plot of land um, does trace back to lots <laughs> as odd as that sounds but even in english that's the case um so yeah and it's literally based on casting lots um a couple different commentaries that i'm seeing are almost all the earliest sources that they're going to are old testament usages where it's talking about the division of the land um in cana I haven't seen anything that's looking at something earlier than that. Um, interesting, uh, John in John Gill's commentary, he's saying that in a couple different versions, there's apparently a variant in uh, Ephesians 1.11 where it's um, the Alexandrian text adds, uh, you're called by a lot. And apparently the Syriac is the same. So, um, and he's saying that that influenced the Vulgate. And I think in our last episode, we saw that the Vulgate has called by lot. 
um, which um, has less of an idea of a, a land grant. Um, but I, th I think in Ephesians 1.11, I, I shouldn't mince words. So in Ephesians 1.11, it seems like the, the, the stronger texts are going to be that it's a, a basically a lot of land or um, part of our inheritance is a, is a, as odd as that sounds, this is a plot of land, but uh, but I think that's what it's saying. Um, but uh, there's there is this interesting variant where it's literally we're called by Lot in the some Alex and an Alexandrian text, and that's the way the Vulgate has it. So um, you know, I guess as far as whether the Hebrew influenced the Greek or the other way around, you're right. It's going to be it's going to be really tough to, to, to trace that back. Um, but for whatever usage, it, it, it's been around for a, a long, long time and I'm just getting around to noticing it. <laughs> so anyways, I'll, I guess I'll have to leave it at that. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. That is a lot to consider. Right. Um, so the, the one thing that I would come caution against is the idea that we're chosen by some type of lottery or um, or dice or something like that. That's not the sense that uh, Ephesians 1.11 is conveying. Now, I really think it is talking about um, when we get to heaven, we'll have some type of inheritance that, although it's not a plot of physical length, well, I don't know, but who knows what it is, but it's not, the idea isn't God is up there rolling dice as to who goes to heaven. It, it, the idea is we are going to receive a lot, not a lot of land, but a plot or an assignment or an allocation of land or of something. Oh, uh, are you, uh, you, you might, you might be on mute. And interestingly, the wicked are said to have a place in the lake of fire. Uh, they have their own spot, their own, their allotment will be there, but ours will be in the in the new heavens and new earth. But what, you know, whether this is, you know, whether I think we would probably it probably makes sense to interpret this generally as inheritance as opposed to necessarily specifically about land, kind of like Colossians one twelve with the made us uh, made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light or inheritance among them which are sanctified but it is true i mean I, it's and it's a valid point which is that our we do have a heavenly inheritance and when we were just talking about ephesians that was i think that was one of the things that was brought up i'm trying to remember it was uh in, a, in verse three i think that there was some talk about in the heavenlies and you had pointed out like in the heavenly places in the King James Version, but literally just in the heavenly, this uh, a plural neuter adjective. Uh, the, that concept's there. So uh, maybe not so far-fetched after all. I'm trying to remember if there's a, another place. There is another place. Like um, it says Ephesians 2.6, he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly uh, in Christ Jesus, and then in in three ten to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenlies might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. 
And even in Ephesians 6.12, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, but that's that same, you know, heavenlies concept. So could be talking about the, the realm, not just the um, the little, uh, oh, we see uh, Eddie commented, new earth land, and I go to prepare a place for you. Yes, so that would be my, I would also link that in. Um. So one question I have is, um, what do you make in Ephesians 1.11, what do you make of the fact that it's a passive rather than an active? So if it's the person rolling the dice, I think it'd be the in the active sense. But in our case, we're receiving the results of rolling the dice. So maybe that's why it's passive. But I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it, it's a first... First person plural, aorist, passive, indicative. So we uh, we that's why it's translated. We obtained an inheritance. <clears throat> uh, that that is interesting. That that passive use of this verb and like uh, like I mentioned, unfortunately, we don't have other uses. In the New Testament, at least, we don't have other uses of this to see how the passive is used in other contexts. I'm trying to remember. I think it's not even, it might be used in uh, in the Septuagint. There, there were two, there were a couple entries in, in Thayer's. There were a couple of entries, but they were kind of compare entries. And then the, the two places that said that, that it's referenced directly, the actual usage is referenced. One is about casting lots. That's when Saul and Jonathan were taken by lot. And then the other one, there's some something in Isaiah, but I don't see on its face what the reference is. It may be a variant reading in Isaiah. I'm not sure. Um, You're muted. Yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying um, on the Isaiah one. There's no, okay, well, anyways. Um, and then it, uh, the Thayer's uh, looks like it's from the additions to Esther. So that's that's not something that is going to be easy to track down. So anyways, um, I, I think, anyway, we, we could, uh, we, we could go on, but um you could look at these well i anyways the timer the timer is uh counting down we still have five minutes left if you if you want to dig into one more thing i think we have time for one more uh rabbit trail well the one more rabbit trail would be to look at the hebrew the one in ezekiel uh 24 7. in fact hey i can put my so let's see I think it was 24.6. Yes, that's correct. Is equal 24.6. Yeah, let no lot fall on it. And where's the word for lot? There is. Lot. Goral. 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 I don't know. <laughs> okay. 
Father's portion, strong, blah, 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 blah. Okay, lots of different usages. Let's just let's just scan through some of these. Okay. So this is the lot falling on the goats. That's the scapegoat. Uh, right. Okay, the land shall be divided by lot. Numbers 26, um, 55. So this would be one of the earlier connections between casting lots and dividing up land. But this this usage could be very significant in from an entomology standpoint. Right. So this uh, twenty uh, that's that's more of the same. Again, so divide the land by lot. Numbers thirty three fifty four. This is land you shall inherit by lot. Okay, so there. Okay, so now that's that's even more interesting. So it's not that's not just a lot like a parking lot or a land lot. It's a a lot that splits up inheritances. Another inheritance lot. Yeah. So I wonder at what point it starts switching over and it starts meaning. I don't know if it does with the Hebrew. It might. It may be that that Hebrew word is just used uh, the same way throughout. It's just that in some places, the Greek word that means lot in Greek gets used by the Septuagint translators to refer to things. Well, well on, on, in your blog post, didn't you say in the, um, what was it, Psalm 16, you found that same oh, yeah. usage? Well, Psalm 16, 5 through 6 is uh if you keep scrolling you should okay, there should uh, be at least one of these uses uh there's a, apparently a lot of lots yeah okay let's uh, here we go some okay yeah so though thou maintainest my lots and it's used there in parallel to the inheritance so a portion of my inheritance and uh there's one yeah. of most of these are still cast lot. Did I miss any? Where okay, let me start from starting from the bottom over here. Okay. I have That's a feeling. Fair. I mean, you could keep looking there. I have a feeling that we're going to find that there isn't a transfer of the meaning to mean the to be used in place of the word for inheritance or in place of the word for. Uh, yeah, it's not. And I think, mm. I guess we could have found that another way, which would have been in, uh, if we had gone to the, in the, um, you have that blue letter oh. Bible there. If you just go to the word for lots, that Goral word, there's somewhere where it gives you the translation, how it's translated, and it's 77 times translated as the word lot, <laughs> always the same way translated in uh, in the Old Testament. But um, I mean, the, there's, and there's, you know, Strong's has, well, Thayer's, and, or not Thayer's, but I guess, what is it, Justinius's lexicon has the usage there. Oh, but this, that's, one from this one from Daniel is interesting. So, and thou shalt rise, and thou mayest share in thy lot at the end of days. Yeah. Daniel 12, 13. Uh, Should be in the so. second of the two 
pages. Yeah. Huh. That, that can't be. Yeah. There you go. That's pretty close. That's that's pretty close to the usage in um, Ephesians. It's not quite, but it's it's the same. It's the same general idea as Ephesians one eleven, I think. And interestingly, in that same lexicon, right next to that entry is it says metaphorically used of the lots assigned by God to men, and it the second of the two places is Daniel twelve thirteen, but the first one is Psalm sixteen five which is interesting that that connection is kind of interesting. I didn't check when uh, Psalm 16 was written. I, I guess I'd have to look at the, the, the introduction to see if it says, if it's a Psalm of David or a later one. It says uh, Mictam of David. Yeah. So... Interesting. Uh, I mean, it's a fast. Well, we've looped around now, so I can. I'll turn off the uh, the timer. But I, I, I do. I appreciate these kind of discussions. I, I think we. Well, I'm glad we just we found that reference in Daniel, despite the fact the word "lot" gets used every time. That the, the there is a slightly different meaning there, and uh, it, it is kind of interesting. In that case. This idea that inheritance comes through the casting of lots. If you uh, maybe I sh should share back that screen. Uh, let's see. Do, do you want to share your blog? No. Well, I was just going to sh share back this entry. Uh, ah, okay. So it says, you know, what falls to anyone by lot, especially part of an inheritance land which falls to anyone by inheritance there's reference to what looks like uh i guess judges one three come up with me into my lot uh because the land was assigned by lot so then the place where someone was assigned is the is the person's lot and a similar sense in my, your portion received by lot, Isaiah 57, 6, Psalm 125, 3. So some usage like that. But I guess, you know, to try to wrap this up in, uh, wrap up the discussion, what I'm certainly not suggesting, and I hope no one would take this away, I'm not suggesting that God picks people by lottery. That he that you know that the election is according to uh, you know pebbles cast into a tray, and that's for at least two reasons. One of which is the outcome of lottery of lot is a spe specifically ascribed to God in Proverbs. So God couldn't God can't pick things by casting lots because God is the one who determines how lots are the outcome of lots. So it would just be there's a circular problem there. God can't appeal to that. Now, that's the underlying concern behind that is the same reason that I I hold to unconditional election, but I don't want to start a whole debate on the subject of unconditional election Let's unfairly go. at the last second. <laughs> but, you know, that may be for another time. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's important to recognize, from my standpoint at least, 
that un when I say unconditional election, I do not mean that God just chooses randomly or uh, with no, no reason, but uh, that is, and I mentioned that because that's a way that it's often taken. It's just kind of like, oh, you're one of the lucky ones that God just happened to choose if you're if you're someone who's you know advocating for unconditional election so that's my reason for mentioning it um any last Very thoughts cool. from your side no i'm good i appreciate this I, I i love digging into stuff like this uh um so yeah thank you thank you for this my pleasure thanks to everybody who watched thanks to eddie for your uh amusing comments uh especially this is a lot to consider hopefully it was uh you said, what about the notion that the inheritance is not by works or merit? That's uh, a valid point. Inheritance is not by works or merit. Uh, and perhaps that's an interesting place to pick up another time. I think we could probably have a whole uh, discussion on that. And thanks, thanks very much, Eddie. And uh, I will sign off here. Or right, you, you can do the sign off. I'm also with you. <laughs>